is Apex Greatness. This is also part two of our NBA Christmas award show spectacular as I slowly lose my mustache and beard because it is falling apart. Uh, once again, I'm Russell Broderick. I believe I'm still sandwiched in the middle. Um, above us, special guest Johnny Arnett. Second time on the show. Very happy he's here. And beneath me is Dario Albuquerque. Off camera, the fairy pod mother, Lindsay Lehman. Hello. And, uh, or Cosmo? What? You don't know who the fairly are. Fairly odd parents? Are you asking me if I want to be Wanda or Cosmo? Yeah. (laughs) I want to be Cosmo. We're going to edit this part out. You got to edit this part out, Russell, because my brother called. A different window came up, and now I can't see anything <laughs> you're doing. And so it's like I, I saw I saw like a little gap where we could like edit this out, and I'm like I'm gonna take it because I I can't see anything right now. You're good. You're good. How can I bring up this window again? This like, is the type of shit though. Oh. This is the type of shit though where I look at it and I'm gonna look at it later, and I'll go if it's funny enough, I might just leave it. I just. I- <laughs> fucking hate that shit it's like i don't want my phone and my computer to be connected it's like dude yeah anyway so let's just get right into it we already did explain this all in part one you saw that on johnny's channel um if you didn't feel free to head to johnny's channel and check out part one we covered the best defensive game we covered the best game by a non-all-star or most surprising christmas game ever and or performance and we did the greatest overall performance in Christmas history uh, on Johnny's channel in part one. So now we're going to do part two. The next award that is up is the Regift Award, which is the award for the best game, or, or not the best game, a game that we watched on Christmas, excuse me, the game that we saw on Christmas that we want to see as a redo. Like, we watched this game, it was something we were excited for, and it just didn't live up to expectations, and you want to see it as a reader. It'll be interesting, because it seems like, like, based on what I picked, how I picked it, it seems like we almost have, like, a different definition of, like, how we made this pick. Which is fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested to hear, like, what your guys' thought process are. This is a fun one. Yeah, for sure. Uh... Lindsay, you go first. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so mine was the Magic vs. Rockets in 1995. It was the first finals matchup on Christmas Day. It was the first time they did that. And it ended up being a good game. I picked it because... I picked it because I wanted more from Shaq in that game. And I feel like we got more from Penny out of it. And that's why I picked it. I wanted it to be more of like a better battle of the bigs i guess anyways and also i would like to see it again just because kenny sucked in that game and it'd be great to see kenny suck (laughs) (laughs) so part of it so part of it then for you is like a hypothetical of being like if we could have seen a rematch of Mm -hmm. this game we would have because obviously now we can't all those all those players are retired they're all old now you know they're not playing in the big three you know league and trying it again it's like yeah so it's a hypothetical for you. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was interested in that oh, too. I, I, you, yeah. I looked at 
I was because the at- rematch for like what I picked is still kind of in the realm of possibility. Like oh, okay. we could still kind of get that. That's why I picked like a somewhat recent game. So anyway, okay. but that's interesting. So I was I was curious on why you. I was like, I'm I'm surprised Johnny's going new school on us and and yeah. Like, but this is why I still might have gone with that game. I honestly yeah. still might have gone with that game, but yeah. um, that did help narrow it down a little bit. Yeah, but that that's that's why it is okay for us to have slightly different definitions of what we wanted because sure. it's going to help each person's individual case for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So, one thing I, I noticed throughout like, research and all this stuff, wow, yeah, is um, it's like that you can tell the NBA like developed that structure, like in the two thousands or something, like where they like the Chris what the Christmas games are now, like because when you look back, they they would play, have play like one or two games, and it wasn't like as big of a a deal mm-hmm. as it is yeah. like now where. It's just like this is the NBA's day kind of thing. It would usually be either the Lakers or the Knicks mm-hmm. on on Christmas. It felt like when I was going back and looking at research, one of those two teams yeah. was almost always playing Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're right they they turned it into like now they do five five games or six games on Christmas. I think it's. It's like all day long. There's yeah, games it, going. It, it's kind of funny though that that factored into that 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 could have. I mean, it's a small variable, but that could have factored into free agency back in the day. Then it's like you play for the Knicks, you play for the Lakers, you're working every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like every other team, you know, you're going to be at home, you know, or most other might teams. Be off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That yeah, might be a, a good point even today. Even today, do day off. Do I want to play for a champion? Uh, I don't know. There is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad funny. Um, I, but yeah, I, I'll go next. All the guys played really well in this game. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I went um, OKC versus the Knicks in 2013. So mm-hmm. OKC had just came off of their finals appearance. Um, and the New York Knicks, Knicks had just came off their, I think they were second in the East that year. And so they were two supposed to be two really good teams, and it's the Melo KD matchup. At this time, when Melo and KD faced each other, it was like a showdown. Um, but Carmelo Anthony had a sprained ankle going into this game and didn't play. So I feel like it would have been nice to have Melo had played because it, yeah. it was an easy, easy blowout, and it would have been just nice. Like this year, the Knicks weren't as good, but like the anticipation and momentum going into this game was was something it wasn't anything crazy but it was that mellow kd matchup that everybody wanted to see damn amari stoudemire must have been coming off some sort of injury it was during that era of new york because he's coming off the bench yeah. giving you 22 yeah. fucking not bad not terrible uh jr smith pacing your starting five and scoring nobody else scored before above 10 that's a great point i think this game probably would have been much more entertaining had mellow played yeah for sure at the time i remember my my i have i had a, a good friend that was a huge mellow fan and he would always talk about how he would light up kd and all this other stuff so like that was like a big thing where when because the, there weren't that many great small forwards and it was just like kd brown and mellow so it was like yeah. whenever they faced each other it was a big deal what's interesting like- too is like people like the the people in the league who you know the higher ups who are determining uh, the schedule, like they have to anticipate this stuff months in advance, you know, and look at 
what are the most exciting matchups going to be? And uh, yeah, so it's kind of funny to look at ones where it's like, yeah, th- this didn't go how they thought because this turned out to be a stinker, you know? But this would have, like you said, that would have been a great matchup, great game, and that would have been fun. Yeah, I, I definitely like that. Johnny, go ahead. Um, I went with something more recent, and I would love to see it um, again, is Lakers and Warriors. Now, who, now what, who are the Lakers playing on Christmas this year? Because I don't um, think that's that's the matchup. The Nets. The Nets. That's right. That's. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's the 2018. I think. I think. Um, yeah. It's it's Christmas 2018, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would rather have uh, it be Warriors Lakers. Um, I would be much more interested in that. Now Lakers are kind of sucking this year. Anyway, we're having all kinds of issues. But if we can hit a, hit our stride a little bit, it would be fun to kind of have a measuring stick game, see the Warriors and Lakers. Last time this game was in Golden State, I would love to see it in Los Angeles. It's just the best play to ha- place to have a Christmas Day game. Uh, that or Madison Square Garden. And then um, this game, you would think, would have been a great matchup. The Lakers were playing well. It was like before. This was a game LeBron is at his injury his yeah. groin injury and yeah. so you know he's doing it and we were like in the fourth like fourth or third seed at this point like we were surprising teams like with a bunch of young guys and lebron yeah. now somehow we freaking blew out golden state in this game even though they were the far superior team and so there was just several ways where this game was like kind of a disappointment you know because it was like even as a lakers fan we blew them out but lebron got injured you know, so it sucks that LeBron didn't get to finish the game. But for Golden State, you don't feel like they gave their best shot. Like, they kind of got destroyed. So I'd love to see, like, you know, Clay might be back at that point. So if we had a Christmas Day game where it was like the Warriors, as they're clicking the way they are with all the star power of the Lakers and have healthy teams go at each other again, like, I, I, I just felt like this one was kind of a letdown. Yeah. And yeah. To, to, add, to add to that, I think just a couple weeks before that was that Draymond and KD situation so i think that might have been kind of why the warriors weren't at their that's right that's true Mm -hmm. and um i was also gonna ask so you don't feel like um the lakers versus nets is a is one of those like lakers could could like kind of see where they're at kind of game because i know you said the um measuring stick yeah Yeah. um well yeah but i think it's like I like seeing the Christmas Day games as like kind of a precursor of like what we could see later on. Right now, the Lakers would have to get all the way to the finals if they hope to see Brooklyn again, which they might not. I mean, Brooklyn might not even make the finals. And um, but uh, Golden State and Los Angeles, they could totally meet up you know, in the playoffs and just with it being an interconference battle. I like that. I like, you know, conference battles, teams that are familiar with each other, even at this point, like LeBron and Steph Curry, they have like a familiarity. It's like, there's a rivalry even between them to a certain extent, to a certain extent. So I like that interconference type battling. Um, so that's, that's part of it. It's like at the end of the day, like if Brooklyn and Lakers played, I think it's, I think it's just going to be another game in the regular season, you know, compared to like Lakers and Warriors, they can meet up, you know, and they can learn stuff about each other at this point. So, yeah, I feel you for sure. Um, I was thinking like, it's always like anytime there's a regular season game, there's always potential for it to uh, 
go the way you were talking about, where it, just because it's a regular season game, whatever. But that's why, back to what we were talking about in part one, Christmas is a big deal. Like, to a lot of guys, playing on Christmas is a big deal. Especially now that it's been marketed over the last 20 years. Like, the guys that play today, like, they're ready to go on Christmas. for the mm-hmm. mo- Except for, apparently, Steph Curry. about it yeah maybe that's the reason i shouldn't have picked this game i'm like is this gonna be the lakers blowing (laughs) them out again and steph's not gonna show up (laughs) before you go how how does Steph do in this game he even play he played right i don't even remember this game dude it was such a like like i remember we were destroying them i remembered it was a disappointment i remember lebron was out but yeah five of 17 what the heck dude He just wants to get to Christmas presents and hot cocoa. He doesn't ass, care about basketball yeah. on December 25th. I don't get this guy. He is very okay. worried about Aisha get, making sure that he's home yeah. right. <laughs> that is it. Yeah, that that is it. absolutely yeah. it. Yeah. That's hilarious. I All just right. remember everything I remember about this game was just yes. a, it being weird, it being a disappointment, it not living up to expectation. And it felt like it meant nothing. It's like, we know the Lakers are not going to blow out the Warriors on most nights. Like, you know, especially when LeBron gets hurt, you know? Yeah. So 100%. I'd love to see it again. Yeah. So that's, I picked uh, this particular game for similar reasons. There wasn't an injury going on here, but uh, it's Celtics-Lakers from 2008. This is like peak that rivalry uh, for for this era. There were three uh, points in history where the Celtics and Lakers were like on fire with the rivalry. 60s, the 80s, and the end of the 2000s right here. Um, And they're playing on Christmas. And their records going into this game are completely ridiculous, right? Celtics 27 and 3. They're coming off a night they're doing a 19 game win streak at this point. Lakers not to be outdone 24 and 5. Very close. Eight losses between the two of them and like over I think it's 61 and 8 over the the span between the two teams. And it's 83-92. It just was anticlimactic. I remember it being anticlimactic. The big 3 showed up, not not Ray Allen shot inefficiently. Pierce did okay. KG, KD played, KG played okay. It, nobody was hurt, but it just, I wanted it to be closer. I remembered it uh, as like feeling when I was watching it because I was so excited. This was one of my first years watching basketball. And I was like, oh yeah, let's go. Because this is right off the championship. I believe this is right off the Celtics. Championship, right? 08, yeah. 08, So this is right off their championship. This is before the KG injury. Yeah. Um, and so I wish that, the Lakers were also just coming off of a win streak as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So, so it was definitely one of those you, two freaking extremely hyped up. Other, yeah. And I, I and I being we, very happy during this game. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because <laughs> Kobe's be going good. off. And I, the other reason I, when I look back at the stats of this game, I looked at it and I remember, oh yeah, this is one of the reasons I don't like Pel Gasol, that bastard, that <laughs> fucking bastard just giving us dick the whole fucking time. Pisses me off. He's awful. But I wish, I wish this game was a little bit closer. And even if you want to say this game was good this, for nostalgia reasons for me, it's absolutely, it's absolutely a game I'd want to see done over for sure. hundred percent. Yeah, interesting. I mean, everybody's there and everybody's healthy. It's just it just 
didn't live up to your expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I, for me, I feel like is a little bit expected. Cause I remember a lot of those games in that rivalry just being freaking ugly. Yeah. Like, you're, you know, they're, right. they're ugly. Right. They weren't, they weren't always fun to watch because I mean, Boston knew how to defend um, Kobe and they turned into very physical games. And it's like, everybody talks about Kobe um, shooting six for 24 and that 2010 NBA finals in game seven. I'm like, have you looked at the stats? Like, I remember that game. Everyone shot like garbage. It was a everyone seven. because classic. the refs were like, we're putting away our whistles and we're going to let you guys duke it out. Like that was the most like eighties feeling game in the 2000s that we've like had at least like the 2010s on it's like we've had nothing close to that i was about to say i talked about this during kobe's legacy breakdown on our channel um and this is that 2010 series is the last series where it is like no small ball and Mm -hmm. it is like traditional two traditional rosters and roster constructions going against each other and that's typically what environment that created an ugly sloppy game style yeah the game changed so much after that finals that was kind of the turning point yeah what's interesting here about your game is the game itself was disappointing that christmas game yeah i mean i kind of enjoyed it because i'm like oh kobe shot 56 percent against the celtics and we won wow today's a good day you know that's (laughs) not very often that happens um but (laughs) It was a disappointment kind of all around because, um, you know, obviously the Lakers won the championship. We went on to have a 67 and 15 record. It was a good year for us, but it felt bittersweet because we whooped up on the magic and the Cavs didn't get there, but the Celtics were the team that were supposed to get there. And I was thinking, dude, this is going to be another rematch with them. And I don't know if we're good enough to beat them yet. It wasn't until we got Ron Artest. I'm like, we're good enough to beat the Celtics. So even though this game's a disappointment, at least they were all there healthy. But like once Garnett went down, it was like this whole year with the Celtics was kind of a disappointment. So this was the year that I like really, really like I would watch basketball, but I was really into it this year. And I was like rooting for the Lakers like crazy. So going into the playoffs, I was just on some. We're murdering everybody. So it's funny to, to look at it, like to, to see from your perspective as a fan who's been, who I've been watching like probably many years and thinking, oh, I don't know if we can be, because in my, in, in my mind, anyone we saw Kobe was destroying. So, so I had, and then mind you, I had watched basketball for two straight years, straight pretty much just watching Kobe win. Like mm-hmm. that was like my first year really, really watching deeply and like watching all the Laker games. And I had not really seen Kobe lose. I hadn't, I hadn't seen Kobe lose a series until 2011. And then I mm-hmm. cried. Yeah. Dirk made me cry. <laughs> I had seen Kobe lose a few times, but I cried anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was rough. But the, uh, um, damn it. What was going to say? <laughs> No, Lindsay, it's all good. On that note, Lindsay, go first. Who are you picking? Um, let's go with what did you say first? Because you literally complained about being last on part one. So, <laughs> so he went the complete opposite. He over he overcompensated. <laughs> um, let's go with Celtics Lakers in two thousand eight. You guys go. I'll go last. I'm definitely not picking Celtics Lakers. <laughs> uh, 
I felt like it was an all right game. I'm probably biased as a Lakers fan. I enjoyed it, you know, and I'm used to ugly games from them. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. Let me look at the other games again. Um, if you need time, I, I you go ahead. Go ahead. Give me a uh, second. So I was so like him. I'm okay with that Lakers <laughs> situation. I'm like a fellow Laker fan. I'm good. Uh, I'm going with the Magic Rockets. Um, I like the idea of having um, the two big men go at it again. Shaq. Shaq historically hadn't done the greatest against Hakeem anyways, but yeah. it would have been nice to have more of a dominant game there. Um, so, yeah. Go with that. I was going to pick your game. I know I said I was going to go last, but I was going to pick Dario's game. I, I, I like the idea of the OKC Knicks, KD, Melo shootout in their prime. I would have loved to see Melo get dicked down by KD. Would have been enjoyable. I wow. Okay, pause. Um, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the '95 game as well, um, just because any chance to get more, you know, Hakeem and Shaq, and uh, yeah, just watch them go at it more. It's like you don't even need all the storylines and everything. Just that matchup. It's like. Ugh. To Wait. see more of that, like realistically, how much would I give to see that again one more time in their primes? Yeah. Like, or at least Shaq, athletic, Hakeem is prime. Like, dude, yeah, I'd love that. I'm, sh- I, I'm shocked you picked the next game, Russell. I would, I would immediately when I when I said my 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 pick, I was like, I'm pretty sure Russell is definitely not picking this because it's the Knicks. <laughs> and I'm shocked that you didn't pick the the Magic Rockets. No, I that's your guy, Hakeem. I do, and I like the Shaq Akeem rivalry a lot. When we do yeah. Shaq's legacy breakdown that's coming up in 2022, uh, we I, I can't. I'm the most the most interesting part of Shaq's career that I know the least about off the top of my head is that 90s era, and I'm really looking forward to deep diving into that and yeah. seeing it from Shaq's perspective and looking at specifically Akeem Olajuwon because Shaq talks about how Akeem Olajuwon was the only center to ever punk him quote quote unquote in his career as just mm-hmm. like a nice move young fella and then Shaq goes he comes back with the does that mean I've won two categories so far yeah, yeah. do you want a cookie yes I do actually I want a, I want a special Christmas cookie Santa, you gotta give it her. Santa, hook her up. I'll fucking yeah. say. I, I got. I guess I gotta deliver, right? <laughs> better call. Better call Rudolph. Get him on the. The, th- the thing about that Shaq and Hakeem, like, it's kind of a not really fair comparison and point and like a rivalry, just because Shaq was just younger. That wasn't the best Shaq. I I would give anything to see ninety four Hakeem versus two thousand Shaq. Like, sure. ah, like sure. if we could get that kind of a rematch where it's like Shaq's in form and Keem's in form. But it was like the same thing with kind of like, like there's a weird little bit of overlap with like Kobe and LeBron, but like they're not really in their prime at the same time. That's kind of how it was with like Shaq and Hakeem too. That's what I was about. I, that, I'm really looking forward. This is another thing because you're right. I, I agree that 2000 Shaq is his, probably his best year. But the one question that I personally don't know that I want to find out is how close was he to that point in Orlando? And what do you think? I might as well ask you. 
How close do you think he was to that point in Orlando from a percentage standpoint, let's say? I mean, from 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 a statistical standpoint, from yeah. uh, how good he was on the court, it's actually pretty close. Yeah. But I think the approach is what changes um, quite a bit. Right. Because Shaq was just so much bigger in L.A. that it's like, yeah, I – yeah, that like could could Hakeem handle him as well as he did when Shaq is just able to just muscle him more than he was before? Because because even though Shaq was huge, he was always huge throughout his entire life. But once yeah. you start getting later into your twenties and that sort of thing, that's when you start putting on your man body, your man yeah. muscle, you know. And yeah. Shaq was not only did he put on a bunch of weight in general, but he was a tank, and he was you know he was much harder, much stronger, all that sort of thing in 2000. So I I like to think that Hakeem would still be a pest and be able to handle it somewhat, but you know there's going to be certain plays where Shaq's just going to go boom, yeah. bam, yeah. and he ain't going to do jack about it. Like yeah. Shaq's nope. going to have those. There's a select, Maybe Will would be the only person who could stand in front of Shaq at that period. Yeah, and I think I think it's like later career in his career will will like where when he's like more toned up and, and, and pretty yeah. like, like and he's thick like, himself. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I um I remember when we did um Kobe's legacy breakdown. No, not Kobe. Sorry, um, Magic's, and we had Kareem and Kareem go against Shaq, and we argued what who who we thought would do better against each other. I thought Shaq ragdoll Kareem, and I think it would be very similar to Hakeem because it's just he's giving you like three hundred, probably three hundred and fifty pounds of just pure pure muscle and yeah. some fat and just freaking just going right through the guy like and it's a and at the time like the rules are allowing him to freaking elbow you and just yeah a little right bit on. i mean a guy like vlade knew how to d up on Shaq a little bit because because yeah. he'd sell it i mean that was kind of one of the flopping wasn't as big back in the day there was, it wasn't as common but some guys still did it and one of them was vlade divak and when he was with the kings and Shaq would try to try to bully him i mean he was smart with his defense with Shaq. i mean sometimes yeah. he'd flop or he'd give it a little bit and now Shaq gets called with an offensive foul yeah. and when he's 350 pounds i mean you don't have to sell it all that much the dude That's just looks was like a monster yeah, beating dudes up so Hakeem could do that a little bit. And then there's other things you could do. When Shaq's trying to go, boom, boom, you just back up, pull the chair mm-hmm. on him, pull and he loses out, his yeah. footing, travel. Like, that happened a lot too. So it would be interesting because I feel like Hakeem has the intelligence and the defensive IQ that he could, he would be best suited to defend him in multiple ways. True. It would be like a, it would be like a closer to modern day Bill Russell versus Will Chamberlain in that aspect. Yeah. Hakeem's so... He, he is undersized, similar to Bill Russell for the position at the time. Mm-hmm. But because Akeem was also like, people said he should have played power forward because of his size. Akeem's still like 6'11, 7 foot. He's like, but but to Shaq, he's undersized. Yeah. And, but <laughs> yeah. people were also talking about Akeem. Like, I, I've read stuff where they thought he should have played power forward. I don't agree. But because of his size, there was a situ- there were situations where, like when he played with Ralph Sampson, like, he was the obvious power forward, and people thought he should have stayed at that spot um, because of you know it, it was the land of the Giants back then. Like there he's, was a lot. In of, my all-time starting five, he's my power forward. Uh, yeah. People have asked me that on my channel. What's my all-time starting five? And I always move Akeem to the power forward. Sure, start him there. Yeah, so that's what I mean by they're undersized for their mm-hmm. position, but they have the best defense imaginable against this Goliath, right? Yeah. 
crazy. I know we're getting super off topic, but I have to ask now. You have Hakeem over Tim Duncan? Yes. Nice. That's crazy. I'm with it. We, I'm that, with has it. To be, that has to be a discussion at some point. <laughs> at some point. Yeah, like he's at ahead. Some point, I will sit you down. He's <laughs> ahead of him for that spot. He's ahead of him on my all-time list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon with Greg Popovich and yeah. and all the talent that he played with throughout. Oh my gosh, Hakeem yeah. would get so many rings. Yeah, amazing. I I I don't have the balls to do that. So I'm glad you do because I love Hakeem with so all my heart. Stri- you're probably going straight off skills in your mind then, not everything together. What what does Tim Duncan do better than Akeem Olajuwon? Um, you can argue he wins. Yeah. <laughs> he wins better. Yeah, he's all, he's he's, all, he's also better at being at another uh, being on a great franchise, having an all time great coach, and having he tons was of great the franchise around him. He was the franchise. Yeah, yeah. I mean they were winning with that, him, but that, I mean that. look at who he had. I mean Manu Ginobili was always there coming off the bench. Tony Parker, even a lot of guys like Bruce Bowen were solid dudes. Yeah. Like. Hakeem Olajuwon, even the two years he won the championship, he's the only player in NBA history to win back-to-back titles as the only all-star on his team. He was the only all-star both seasons. Clyde Drexler was there for the second year. You could argue that he was all-star caliber, but he wasn't. And he's yeah. the only one to ever ever do that. In the That's, early 90s, yeah. they weren't there. He made it to the NBA Finals in 86 with Ralph Sampson. They had no business uh, competing against Boston. And because Ralph Sampson's back sucks – they they weren't able to keep going to the to the championship. But like, look at Shaq. Shaq's got four rings, and look at what Kobe did in the finals when Shaq fouled out. You know, hitting all those jumpers against you know Indiana and that sort of thing. Or Dwayne Wade just going off in the final. Like, can you imagine if Akeem had that? Like, he never had anyone like that. You know, so he requested my, to my, be traded because of shit like yeah. that. He. My only thing is Tim Duncan. Long in terms of. You can argue Tim Duncan was maybe not peak wise was better defensively, but he was better defensively for that a long period longer period of time. Tim Duncan, most all defensive first teams in in NBA history for for a center or whatever or for a power forward big man. Hakeem played a good amount of years and didn't do that. Tim Duncan <laughs> led you know his why? team. You know why? Tim Tim Duncan led his team to five NBA championships, and he was the clear-cut leader in a majority of those, at least four of them. Yeah, at least Um, four. He has three MVPs in a a pretty crazy era. Mm -hmm. So so you can argue the only reason Hakeem has his two MVPs is because Jordan wasn't there. Or does Hakeem only have one? He has one. So, he's not, he's the, the that's the defensive player of the year MVP. Oh, okay, so you could argue it's only because Jordan wasn't there. So I don't know, oh. man. Like Hakeem only saw success when the goat left. Yeah, but that's a lot of people wouldn't see success if Jordan was around them. I mean, that's yeah. true to literally every anyone ever. The same thing's true of Duncan. You think he's having five rings if Jordan's like, hello, like in his path? No. Well, <laughs> and so I, I why are you going to use that against Hakeem if you can't use it against Duncan? You know. Also, somebody think, somebody had to win that. Somebody had to win during that period, and he won both of them. <laughs> yeah. He won both of them. But for me, well, it's I, like I, I it, it's, a, it's a support thing. That, but what I want to get to is it's a little tricky when you start comparing defensive accolades because who was Duncan going up against defensively 
for those awards, for those all-defense teams and all that sort of thing. Not what Hakeem Olajuwon was going up with against every season. Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Shaquille O'Neal, Dikembe Mutombo, Alonzo Mourning. Like these are like that was the thing of that era was just big men who don't let you get easy layups. Like they're just swatting everything away from the rim. And so I mean that's what he had to compete with. So I personally think it's impressive that he was able to win as much defensively as he did. And uh, of the players who have multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards, he easily has the highest scoring average of all all time. So you could argue in a sense that he's the greatest two-way player of all time because some players like like Duncan, Duncan is not just going to score like 40, 50 points on you. You know, he'll give you like 20, 25, maybe 30. But like he might just explode on you offensively. Yeah. I I do think – the 90s center era and the early 2000s power forward era are comparable, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was just have, about to say that. You have, Tim, like, you have Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, Chris Webber. That's all in the West, too. Chris, we- Okay, real quick. Chris Webber was short-lived. Okay, sure. that, was, that, was, that was short-lived in the early 2000s. Even then, he wasn't a great defensive player. Yeah. Um, not, not like those other guys we're talking about. Yeah, and uh, Dirk Nowitzki was not a good defensive player unless Christmas Day. He's all time great. Um, but <laughs> so th- I, I that was my point. I get it's comparable from an overall talent standpoint that's what comparing I was, that's the what positions. But I'm talking about if you're going to make first or second team all defense, and sh- David Robinson, oh, Hakeem Olajuwon, Dikembe yeah. Mutombo, yeah, Shaquille yeah. O'Neal, Alonzo, only two of those guys can make it. So some of those guys are going to be like, he didn't even make all defense team that year. It's like, yeah, I mean, because these two guys took the spots. It's like, that's I see not, what you're saying. Yeah, that, that's my but, point. But from my perspective, I'm saying, I have to guard these guys. These guys, like, Dirk Nowitzki is a top, at a, at a point sure. in time, he was a top five scorer of all time in terms of mm-hmm. in terms of total points. So like he had to go against that at least three to four times a year. Um, mm-hmm. He had to go against a. He still had to like try to guard Shaq too. Like even though that's not his position, he had to try to guard Shaq for four four of those years. Well, no more than that. They went against each other like six seven years. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's it's definitely. I don't think I I when I'm ranking, I have Tim Duncan over um, Hakeem. It's not that far over. It's probably like a couple spots, but it's. I just feel like from the eye test and from from a statistical standpoint, in every sense, like in every other sense other than winning, it's clear who the better basketball player is. The only reason it's a conversation is because Tim Duncan has the hardware because he's won more. But the thing is, I believe that reason is because he had the better structure to win more. You yeah. know, and so I feel that if, yeah. we, if we were going straight off talent and like or or eye test or anything like that, I could I wouldn't even argue that. I would think that that would be very comparable. And, and mm-hmm. I just think when you t- you have to take in the talent because they're all all of these guys in the top 10, right. 15, you yeah. could argue like it's just straight up nitpicking. Like all yeah. of these guys mm-hmm. are great and it's not that far. They're not that far away from each other. But that's what that's when you got to take into consideration their whole career. And then yeah. saying, okay, what happened? How how did you impact the game? You can argue Tim Duncan impacted the game more in the sense because he he chose Tim Duncan was probably the most selfless superstar of all time. He mm-hmm. and he he could have kept on giving you his twenty and ten, twenty five and ten, but 
but he he chose to not do that. Um, support his team more defensively, and then let his his role players do a little bit more. Let's revisit this. Like I'm gonna let you have the last word on that, but we got to revisit that conversation yeah. sometime. Sometime because yeah. I have so much more to say, but it's a Christmas theme. So yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll keep I it moving. That. That's, yeah, I was trying not to like. But, yeah, so that's, <laughs> fuck that! You knew it. You knew as soon as you said we're going really off topic. But I'm fine. Well, a little bit, yeah. but I got a limited amount of time. It's like you know, if yeah. we're gonna finish these awards. We gotta, we gotta keep going. So, <laughs> so. Bad. no, bad. no, you're good. We got, we got two more things to do. We got to do the All NBA teams, and we got to do this last award. The final mm-hmm. award is for the best Christmas present of a game on Christmas Day. So basically the best Christmas Day game of all time. Amongst the four of us, we all pick one, uh, as we've done for each. And I am going to go first. So I have the Bulls versus the Knicks in 1986. This was the first, one of the first couple matchups between Jordan and Ewing, right? Jordan Jordan was averaging 45 points a game in the two games. I think he had a 50 spot and a 40 spot in the last games before this Christmas matchup. And he 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 had I'm pretty sure he won both those games too. But they're, they're coming into MSG, they uh the New York Times I was reading the New York Times from back in the 80s and Basically, everyone was like, we're looking forward to see Jordan absolutely be spectacular once again against the Knicks. We can't wait to see it. It was all just like not focusing on the Knicks at all and uh, more focusing on Jordan because he was just such so freaking spectacular at the time. And it comes down to the wire, basically. It's close the whole game. and uh, Ewing has 28 points, 17 rebounds. And, and uh, Jordan has 30 points and six steals. And it comes down to a baby hook shot by Patrick Ewing to end the game. And it was dramatic pretty much the whole way through. Physical type game, 80, 85 to 86 is the final. And... I don't know. I, I was thoroughly entertained watching this at home. It's yeah. a great game. Yeah. I was yeah. thoroughly entertained. And there, yeah, I finally, I've seen this I finally found really it after I was done talking about it. <laughs> finally mm-hmm. found the fucking game. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, both these teams are not doing good from a win perspective. But Jordan, very inefficient, because I'm sure he was attacking the paint, and Ewing just wasn't fucking having it. But 30 points, 5 assists, 6 steals, 2 blocks for Jordan. So he delivered on what the New York Times wanted somewhat. But then Ewing, 28-17, like I said, uh, two blocks. Even from a historical standpoint, like 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 you said, it's just it was it was almost the beginning of of that rivalry, you know, yeah. that that went on for so long. It's easy to just see like the Bulls just dominated, you know, and kind of remember it from that from that lens of history. But like there was times where the Knicks, like the Knicks believed they could win. New York Knicks believed it is our time. It is our time to break through and beat Jordan. And even yeah. went to a famous game seven. You know, this is like, this was a legit rivalry. And so sure. the way this kind of sets that up, you know, that's pretty cool too. Yeah. You wouldn't I, know that at the time, 
But, you know, looking back on it makes this game even cooler. This is also Jordan's only Christmas loss. This is the only Christmas loss he's had is against Ewing in this thriller. He's five and one, I think. I think he's five and one. Yeah, Yeah. he's five and one. Thanks to, uh, you know, Scottie Pippen. (laughs) (laughs) And his undefeated, unstoppable Christmas wrath. (laughs) So fire. All right. Uh, Who's next? I got you. I'll I'll do it. So I so I have another Bulls Knicks um, Christmas. And it's <laughs> 1994. This is without Michael Jordan though. Yeah. And this is mm-hmm. that game. That, this is that Scottie Pippen great mm-hmm. game where he just completely dominated. Um, we talked about it in part one. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a it was one of those things where I'm sure going into um the season it was an it, I'm because when they scheduled it they probably assumed Michael Jordan was going to be playing for the Bulls at the time. Um, before you know, before before him retiring and stuff beforehand. And, no, wait. Um, this is ninety. This, this is, is the second year of his retirement, so yeah. probably not. Oh, but. it is. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So this yeah, is yeah. my bad, my bad. So this is coming off of. This is coming off of that playoff this is series. Co- yeah, this this is my favorite series we talked series. about in. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which bad, to me, bad. that that's I'm what really bad. makes it good. You know. Yeah, yeah. So so this is coming off the playoff series. My bad. And um. And Scottie Pippen completely dominates, and it's a it's a close game, right? Throughout the whole, it yeah, once overtime, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm so, sure you could put the highlights the highlight up, but yeah, it comes down to the final shot, and that's where Pippen yeah. just goes lockdown mode, and uh, yeah. probably a really redeeming thing. Probably felt good for Pippen to get that win that day, you for know, sure. after how things ended between the Bulls and Knicks and all the drama with that and everything. I bet, I bet he felt great about that. If he didn't have motivation coming into this game. Then I don't know if any. I don't know how. I don't know if any just doesn't have motivation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like exactly. there was a laundry list yeah. of things that got him fired up for sure. Bulls and Knicks also right at five hundred too for this particular mm-hmm. game. Interesting. I always know if the records. I'm always interested in that. <clears throat> Who's next? I can go. Um, <laughs> this one's this one's easy for me. Um, I just that 2004 Lakers and Heat. Uh, Lakers, you knew weren't going to be competing, um, just because like Kobe's running with like freaking Chucky Atkins and Chris Mim and a bunch of scrubs. But it's Shaq and Kobe. You know they just they just split that summer and things are so icy. I mean, I'm telling you, this was promoted and this was hyped up and the tension. It felt like a boxing match and these two dudes hate each other and heading and it just it did not disappoint at all like from just a general basketball fan as a laker fan ultimately it disappoints a little but you know just from a general basketball fan it did not disappoint kobe and shaq you know right as tip-offs about to happen they acknowledge each other and shaq just like kind of looks over him and doesn't really say anything to him so you could already tell things are icy the very first like like very first time like Kobe gets the ball, he goes right at Shaq and just like runs into a brick wall and gets blocked. <laughs> and like Shaq, he has his moments, he gets some dunks, and then Kobe just starts going off. He just like from three point range, it's just bam, you know, those kind of like kind of shots that only Kobe takes where it's like dudes in his face and he's like, I don't care. And it's just like pulls up from three and swishes it. He was so hot in the beginning of the game. So that tension was there and everything, and it was close. Um, down the stretch great plays from both guys and uh comes down to the final shot miami's up by two points give the ball to kobe as the buzzer's going off shoots the three just misses it to the left 
And uh, that's how the game ended. And it was like the whole thing was just icy, you know, but Kobe had a great game. Um, Dropped like, I think, 42 points and such. And um, it probably looks better if you consider it with the true shooting percentage because Kobe was kind of hot from three-point range. And, um, And yeah, and that was kind of like the last point where Shaq still kind of looked like his dominant self, you know? Because, like, he started deteriorating pretty quickly afterwards. Even though they won the championships in 06, that was more, you know, more way than Shaq. Shaq was definitely yeah. the Robin in that situation. But, um, yeah, they both looked awesome in this game. And it just, like, I, I can't remember, like, a regular season game with that kind of tension. Like, was, honestly, I don't know if I've ever felt that since. Was this the game where Shaq's doing the interviews where he's like, I don't know that man? When was the last time you talked to Kobe? I don't know. I don't care. I don't know. If Kobe Bryant called you on your cell phone right now, what would you say to him? I don't have a cell phone. Because people that I'm connected with, I'm connected with them. All you got to do is think, and I'll call you. I don't have a cell phone. And that's the problem with the diesel. I'm technologically more advanced than you are. My thought process begins where the regular human apex is at. Yeah. He was saying that he wouldn't, he wouldn't even say Kobe's name. And they say that like towards the beginning of the game, they're like, you know, they're not even addressing him by name, which is just so funny because, you know, since then Shaq was like, Oh, there was never a beef. There was never a like, 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 it is obvious. Like does the media obviously fluff things up for their own interests? Of course they've always done that. They always will do that. But don't for one second act like there wasn't disgust between you yeah. two. Like you guys couldn't stand each other at this point, you know? Yeah, he he always says right. he always goes, "It was my fault that the beef happened because I wanted to keep our beef going because I like mm-hmm. being in the headlines and whatever." Which I do. There's got to be some truth to that, though. There has to be. Yeah, sure, but like absolutely, you can tell people. there was there was bitterness, like a lot of bitterness yeah. between each other. And if you watch highlights of this game, it's funny because like. Kobe is trying so hard, almost to the point of it being silly, to block Shaq's shot. Like, he's doing that thing where he tries to come up from behind as a help defender and, like, swipe at it. And Kobe swipes so hard and gets nothing but air, like, a couple times. Like, damn, Kobe, like, don't throw your shoulder out. Like, I know you want to block Shaq, but, like, (laughs) chill out. Like, you can just see in so many ways, like, it was different for these two. Classic Kobe And And being a Laker fan, it's like, I wish Kobe would have made that shot. Yeah. But from just being a basketball fan, what did you hope for in this game that you didn't get? It was perfect. It was so good. It was it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. This is Wade's rookie year or is the second year, sophomore year? Rookie year. He he came into the class with LeBron, so this is the year after. Yeah. This is right. Oh so. no. Oh three, oh four. No, yeah. no. This is his rookie year. Oh, this is oh four oh five. Oh, this, no, yeah, yeah. I'm getting my years mixed up. This is, I do this it is the time. second year. This is the second year. Yeah. yeah. I mess up my years constantly. You're fine. Which kind of <laughs> sucks because well, there was like. because of the Christmas time that throws it off. Yeah. You think I know. Four, yeah, so. Well, because 0203 was Jordan's last year with the Wizards, which is unfortunate because right after that, yeah. LeBron and Wade come in, came into the league. And so I it's think like, about ah, it all. If it, just like, if it just overlapped a little bit more, we could have got those guys against MJ in his twilight year. Yeah. Even, even got a good performance from Wade, though, 29 and 10. Uh, a steal and a block. Yeah. Or two steals and a block, excuse me. Um, yeah. So made- See how Kobe was locking up, though, 38%? But just, just <laughs> that so was know. one thing, though, like, for me, I remember this was the first game where, like, from an eye perspective, like, just as a 
uh, NBA fan where I noticed, oh, wow, this Wade guy is going to be like his Shaq 2.0. I mean, yeah, sorry, the, the, it's going to be Shaq and Kobe 2.0. Or his Penny 3.0, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. But um, you could just see that he was just a problem. Like yeah. he was going to be a problem for the league. He's so good. And that was the first spot where I really noticed it as a Laker fan who wasn't watching every Heat game. Yeah, I feel you. All right, Lindsay, you're up. <laughs> okay, so I had the 2016 Cavs Warriors game. Uh, that was a great game. Yeah, exactly. It was a great game, but I'm going to sell you on it a little bit more. So you had, <laughs> <laughs> so you had the parallels from the finals in this. So everybody's all excited because you know the Warriors. Well, some people were excited. Very few people were excited about Kevin Durant on the Warriors. Um, <laughs> and so the Warriors were up by like 14 and then the shit happens that happened in the finals and the Cavs come back and they beat the Warriors on a Kyrie buzzer beater. And it was just, you know, like, mwah, beautiful, perfect, lovely Christmas present. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Draymond Green cried and called Kevin Durant. And now this is happening. <laughs> no. Yeah. The, yeah. In the finals. Yeah. No, but I'm saying that's oh. what happened in the game. They, they lost the lead. And Kyrie Irving won on a oh, buzzer yeah. beater, like in the finals. Okay, there we go, Russell. Off, that's what, that's what happened in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was nice. It was nice for me because, like, I feel like, I feel like I kind of sum up a lot of Kobe fans. Where it was like a lot of Kobe fans felt the way I did. Where back in the day, I didn't want LeBron to win championships. I was rooting against LeBron because the argument was LeBron or Kobe. So anytime. Like I was rooting for the Spurs when they were fighting against the, the Miami Heat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's a fact. Spurs because I didn't want LeBron to match Kobe's ring count, and I, I'm still conflicted a little bit because <laughs> I want my Lakers to win, but I'm like he's got to equal Kobe. Um, but, um, so I wasn't rooting for LeBron for the longest time, but Kevin Durant changed that. Once Kevin Durant went to Warriors, I was like, freaking screw the Warriors. Abs. <laughs> and this game was a great game and almost, you know, kind of made me feel like maybe they can't beat this Cavs team, you know? There's the tiniest glimmer of hope, you know? Of course, we got a reality check in the finals, but this was also like a cathartic game from that standpoint, too, like this one. See, see I just hate, like, we have such linear paths and then suddenly you just rear off to the. I was rooting for the Warriors so hard. The <laughs> I was like, screw LeBron. You keep losing in the finals. It's great that you get in there, but you're just losing, you little prick. <laughs> yeah. I was happy as hell. So, <laughs> well, because there's two <laughs> parts of me. Like, seriously, like when it comes to my basketball standpoint, I have like, as, as a fan, I have like two personalities. So it's like, if if the Lakers built the greatest super team ever and we're just broken and we're winning championships... There's a part of me that, of course, is going to love that. But there's another part of me that's just such a big basketball fan and basketball yeah. purist in general that I'm going to be like, this is just the wrong way. Like, this is not how you <laughs> do it, you know? And I kind of hate him for it a little side. bit. And what Kevin Durant did was just so disgusting to me that it was like no amount of wanting to see Kobe over LeBron is going to make this okay from yeah. what Kevin Durant did. He must lose. <laughs> like yeah. I wanted think, them to lose so bad because I thought it was so wrong. You think the last thing and then we'll move on or we'll pick a winner. But do you do you think the series between OKC and the Warriors from the year before in the final in the conference finals, do you think do you think that made the Durant thing 
just that le- do you think that took it over the top or do you think either way you would have felt this is just sacrilege because i think the fact that he lost to them in the conference final and then joined them made it that much worse it made it worse but it was also 73 and 9 to yeah. me the 73 and 9 is even yeah. bigger than losing i'm like dude People were talking about, is this team better than the 95-96 Bulls? And you just join them. Yeah. Like, talk about taking life on easy mode. Like, yeah. do you have any competitive bone in your body? It was it was a combination of everything. And it's yeah. just, um, yeah. And I don't even think, I, I think he had his mind made up on that, like, way in advance. I don't think them losing or anything played a huge part to it. I think I think he knew, like, He's kind of over Westbrook, and they're having so much fun. I'd love to be a part of that atmosphere. I think he knew way in advance. Jerry West was on the phone with him all the time. Yeah, but even Jerry West, I just – I don't even know how much that that swayed him. I think Kevin Durant just saw that, and he goes, I want that. I'm tired of playing with Westbrook, you know? like I just think he knew what he wanted. That is absolutely what he said, for sure. That's mad funny. All right, we got to pick a winner. Uh, I'll, Lindsay, I'll go, go first. All right, Dyer's no, going first. All right, no, go. No, 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 no. I'll All go right. first. I don't care. Right. Yeah, I got go, it this time. Okay. All right, I'm gonna go with the '86 Knicks Bulls. All right. Okay. All right. I, I'm gonna go with what was originally my first pick, anyway. <laughs> 2004 <laughs> Lakers versus Heat. Yeah. yeah. And, and strictly Kobe bias. <laughs> Johnny. But even then, we lost. I mean, it was kind of bitter because yeah, he, I mean, he missed that like game winner. Nice little war. Like, mm-hmm. going into that, I'm sure there was just, like, the amount of media hype on it, like, definitely. And then it lived up to the hype, too, like, in terms of a thrilling game. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like a season finale. And, like, you're just looking forward to it, anticipating it. And then it, like, delivers. It was like yeah. that game was, like, the final episode of Breaking Bad where you're just like, that was perfect. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> um. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Cavs and Warriors. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I, those, I, those, I was stuck between those. Maybe you guys will get mad at me and that doesn't shock me. Wouldn't be the first time, won't be the last. But I thought the Lakers Heat game in 06 was way was better for me to watch. Like I I love the, the moment when Shaq and fucking Bynum go That was so good. So that good. That was so crazy. That's what, I'll never forget that moment when Dario was talking to me about Lakers uh, Heat 2004 originally. I thought he was talking about that game, and I would have picked it because I love that game. I, I rewatch that game every year at some point. I'll watch that game. It's so fun. Shaq gets so in his feelings about the new hotness, giving him a little dunk on or whatever. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So great. I love that game. So for that reason, I'm taking Cavs Warriors. And that is – that is the W for the greatest Xmas, or the best Xmas present of a Christmas frame. Christmas frame. I'm just tongue twisting everything. I won three categories, bitches. Again. Well, that's only because these dorks are picking stuff <laughs> other than mine. Because I'm picking mine, and I know it's the right answer, but I can't do oh, the right dork. answer. So, because you're not picking mine, all right? That's no contest. It's Lakers heat. It's obvious. But because I have to vote for something other than mine, Lindsay's going, I want it all. And it should have been mine. I did. I did win it all. And that's all that matters. Now let's get into the nitty gritty. So, 
this is the part I was looking the most forward to on the program. Um, looking Which we at, have like 10 or 15 minutes for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here for. Hey, I can't control the Duncan Elijah one talk, all right? I can't control right. it. Yeah. So yeah. we're looking at our all NBA Christmas teams, right? This is, as we've done through this whole podcast, this is strictly based on these players' performance on Christmas Day. I think that's extremely important to note. Um, I'll have all the teams listed one by one on your screen. That'll be available as we kind of go through it here. But uh, who wants to start talking about their team? Just give them an overview. I'll start. All right. All right. So my my first team is Oscar, Jerry West, Scottie Pippen, LeBron James, and Wilt Chamberlain. All right. But I really want to go into Oscar Robinson in, in general because mm-hmm. I, to me, he's the greatest Christmas performer of all time, and I don't think it's that close. So he's averaging 31 point, 31 and a half points, 12 assists, 8.6 rebounds per game. Yeah. This was during 11 games because one of the games they didn't calculate or whatever. So I, I right. like literally went back and did all the math. Yeah. For the first seven years, he averaged 30, he, 30 plus points in, in the, um, in, on Christmas. So he like, when it was Christmas time, he was ready to start whooping ass. Yeah, he played, the first, he played 12 years on Christmas Day, which is a lot. Yeah, that was like that That's was like top five stuff. all time. Yeah. Uh, like in terms of amount of ga- players with amount of Christmas games. Yeah. Um, and six of those first years, he had 13 plus assists. Wow. Everything. So he literally was just dominating on Christmas. So uh-huh. for, to me, it's not even close. Oscar Robertson, greatest Christmas performer of all time. All right. Jerry West, another he he averaged thirty two points a game, eight assists, seven rebounds. I ca- recalculated and went back. Some of them is just like four games. And right. oh my bad, I, I forgot to mention Oscar was eight and four on Christmas. He played twelve uh-huh. games. He, he won eight. Um, Jerry West five and one. Scottie Pippen, the only player on my list, and I think on anybody's list, that's seven and zero on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Averaged yeah. twenty three points a game. Nine rebounds. I'm just I'm just rounding. Six assists, three steals, and almost two blocks a game. Yeah, seven and zero. Oh. That that he's he's arguably up there. I just think mm-hmm. I just think the Oscar thing is crazy. That's um, who I have. That's who I have over Oscar personally. I would have Oscar yeah. uh, on that list in some definitely no no lower. Oscar than- almost played almost played double his games though that's the only thing is like he almost played double his games and he's almost averaging the triple double on christmas yeah like this is what i think is so fascinating about it though is like if you if we went into this and you didn't have a sense of this ahead of time you would think like okay great this christmas day performers you would think magic you would think steph like those would be the point guards you think be like no oscar you know no like uh, not not bird not some of these other small forwards Pippin, like Pippin yeah, was nuts. Right. Crazy, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, Will obviously with his ridiculous thirty-two and twenty-five, five and one on Christmas. LeBron James is to me like I was I was stuck between LeBron and my other guys. Um, but I I just went LeBron because of the longevity and everything. Twenty, pretty much twenty-six points, 
eight rebounds, seven assists, ten and yeah. five on Christmas. Um, M- MJ Wade, Kevin Durant, T Mac, and Bill Russell. I just want to say one thing about T Mac because it's just amazing. T Mac is the only guy with three games played, but he uh-huh. just completely dominated on Christmas with yeah. his three. <laughs> yeah, two and one, but he just straight up dropped buckets for everybody. That's like what you want to see on Christmas. So, so that's right. that of those three games. Last thing on T Mac of those things. Uh, of those three games, two of them here are in the top ten for greatest game score in the history of a Christmas Day game. Like filling the stat sheet, absolutely filling it up. One of these is against is a shootout against LeBron James uh, during his rookie during LeBron's rookie year, which uh, I considered for the the best Christmas Day game for ever. Sure. That that team at game was right up there because he almost had like a forty plus point triple double. Yeah, forty one. Yeah. Eight and eleven with three steals and a block, savage. Yep, and five threes. Monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I I really wanted to put him on my first team. I'll go next. I really wanted to put him on my first team, but the the amount of games played definitely factored into my decision for sure. Same. Same. Like, so I have. First of all, we gotta have a conversation with it. We gotta have a conversation with it. We gotta have a talk because I'm looking at two people. Who are confessed Kobe superfans. And he's played more games on Christmas than any player ever. And he's your favorite. He's the all time leading. He's the all time leading Christmas score. And neither of you fucking have him on your first team. I thought this would be the one unanimous guy for sure. It would be Kobe. I was I thought I thought it definitely would be Kobe. His record's not great, admittedly. Yeah. But he does, to your point. He's at the top of these all Christmas like all time Christmas lists, and he is during my era, like my childhood of watching basketball. He was synonymous with a Christmas Day game. Like, yeah, knew I was going to see Kobe every year. Like, wait. To be fair, just to to argue because because Johnny has nothing to say because he's just a traitor. Um, but me, <laughs> I at least bam. Wait, ooh, yeah, it's good. Wait, I see my jersey. <laughs> so now you've become the invisible boy. You see that? Hold this black hand. Gave you that little Marion. I was at least showing Kobe love throughout this whole the, this whole pod. So you know, I, Johnny's a traitor. I'm, I was there with you at heart, Kobe. Listen, listen. I love Kobe, but I'm also loyal to facts. Okay, <laughs> and Oscar Robertson, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade. Jerry West. You tell me those Christmas performers, Dwayne Wade was 10 and 3 and put up monstrous stats. Yeah, I have Wade Jerry also. Jerry West was averaging 32.2, and Jerry West was an underrated defender. I'm sure he was great on those Christmas games as well. Yeah. Second highest points per game average in Christmas Day history was Jerry West, 5 and 1 record. Jordan was 5 and 1. His stats, Jordan's stats are kind of subpar compared to what he normally does, but they're still better than Kobe's. Kobe's right. was 6 and 10. Like, dude. Like, I can comfortably say, as a Laker fan, as a Kobe fan, we suck on Christmas. We absolutely <laughs> suck on Christmas, and Kobe's a part of that, dude. There was, like, <laughs> we just didn't show up some days. I freaking remember Miami blowing us the frick out and us freaking throwing our foam fingers onto the court. And honestly, I might have, too. I'm about to be like, have my foam fingers. I'm freaking done with seeing us suck on Christmas. These are not the gifts I want. So, yeah. So, anyway, you get a little rage out of me because it's like, yeah, we suck on Christmas and Kobe was a part of it. I don't get it. 
Maybe it's because it was brutal. playing 7.30 p.m. games in L.A., and now they're making us play at freaking noon on Christmas Day, and we're just not adjusted to that. I don't know. Maybe that's well, it. Three know. of those games were against the Heat when the Lakers were straight-up trash, though. So that's not mm-hmm. good. Like, three of in those reality, games? I would – I would, I would give Kobe is more six of a six and, and seven 10. record. You take those three games away, he still has a losing record. He's six and seven. Like, yeah, I know what the heck, Kobe? Saying. He doesn't like Christmas, okay? He it's has one bull, He has one Kobe. bullshit <laughs> loss on freaking Derrick Rose with that stupid-ass teardrop. I wanted to freaking murder Derrick. I was so happy. Yeah, when, when Kobe's freaking like, raging and wants to ACL murder a ref tour. when he just got straight up blocked cleanly. I remember that. Kobe's apparently not even smart on Christmas either. Because I remember <laughs> that. He looks at a ref. He's like, what the heck? You should have called that clean block a foul. I was like, no, Kobe, you got stuff because everybody knows going to you and you suck on Christmas. So, let's continue on because we don't <laughs> argue right now. And I don't want to. Listen, I'm listen. To control we're, we're more on the same page than you realize. Your love for Kobe is kind of clouding your vision. My love for Kobe is just making me mad because I'm like, why did you let me down every Christmas? I was expecting more. Like, yeah. what I'm, the heck? <laughs> That's amazing. Like we just that talked about, uh, one of our favorite, like greatest games ever was Kobe missing a game winner. <laughs> like you know, just yeah, doesn't work true. out for Kobe on Christmas. Yeah. But he was, he was cool. He was, he was. It was not fair. Was this not is something I had to look up. Really <laughs> like, it's been, su- it's been a theme on our show. And <gasps> I just speak people sucking on Christmas. I, I had to look it up. Thirteen points per game for Curry, a two-time MVP, 30%. shooting thirty percent from the field and twenty percent from three. What an embarrassment. Okay, We'd agree on this. Forever. Kobe would dominate Curry on Christmas. Just absolutely <laughs> destroy him. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say Kobe was straight up ass cheeks on Christmas. But let, let, I digress. Let's keep on. Let's keep on. Think, let's, let's, do this, let's do this quick. We'll wrap the show with this. Do you think we can come up with a definitive for all of us, all NBA Christmas first team? Because I think we can. I think we I th- all I like. Think we can. I think we all like Dwayne Wade for the guard spot. I think we're no. most of us are good on that. You who would you you would you would take both the old guys over? I, I can't agree with that. I would have to put yeah. Dwayne Wade in there. Ten and three I on could, Christmas. I could see because I have Wade on my second team and Jordan on my first team. Yeah, I I can I could bump up Wade to first. I'd be okay with that ahead of MJ. Yeah. I have yeah. Jordan on my. I have the exact that exact situation. Jordan on my second. And wait on my first, just because we were talking about record. We're talking. Well, we keep about an stuff. Oscar because Oscar is one that I'm not. Ar- Oscar staying, yeah. That's so, fun. so all right. Oscar, yeah, Oscar I'm cool. I'm cool, Wade, I'm, I'm cool with Wade over Jay West. I, I don't really like him anyway. Okay, well, here's the hard part. What are the forwards? First team forwards. Mm. That's oh, Scott is 100. percent LeBron, Scotty Pippen, and LeBron for me. Ah, oh, for sure. T Max gotta be in there. Can't be. He's he just played three up. games, though. That's he's the only thing. LeBron yeah, but he's freaking Brian Scalabrini on steroids when he is in there. I mean, I understand, like, <laughs> he's only, like, got three games under his belt. But that's not his fault. Schedule T-Max on more. He's box office on Christmas. Like, <laughs> you did everything he could. He, he looks like the, the greatest first... ever if all you could see is him on Christmas, you know? It's, I thought about funny. having him on my first team, but because all these yeah. guys played so many more games than he did, like, it makes a difference. We're talking about record. You're talking about Kobe not making it. Like, it's because of the games and the record. Like, I get what you're saying to a certain extent, but that's not at all related to T Max performance in and of itself. Like, 
he he his performance was was the best. It's just the most sample size. You know? I mean, if we're, oh, if like, we're being honest, if we're being honest, maybe if he if if his teams were better, he would have played on Christmas more. Like that's a fact. All the okay. best teams. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he had three in Orlando. And yeah, I just felt. I just felt. Unf- I, I love I T-Mac, agree. though. 43 yeah. points a game is savage. The yeah, highest scoring true. average in Christmas Day history ahead of Wilt. <laughs> like, yes. how yeah. often can you say that? T-Mac yeah, averaged more on Christmas than Wilt. But if it's we're crazy. doing the first three games of Wilt's Christmas, I bet his oh, average yeah. is higher. You know what I mean? Yeah, like 50, mm-hmm. yeah it's like fi- probably 50 and a half. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's been definitely high 40s for sure. Yeah, like, I want to check. I could get yeah. that. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to know now. Don't tell me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but see, now you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so we're not going to consider the whole '60s small white guys narrative anymore. It's like <laughs> T Max going against LeBron James. Like, are you kidding me? Like, well, that's, <laughs> why, that's why. Yeah, one of that's those, why I yeah. couldn't have both guards be old guys. That's why I couldn't do it. I, I was talking about another case though. Is like you said, Russell T Max has two of the greatest. Um, yeah, no, I bl- I know, games, I know. Game scoring, so yeah, he, it, that, he that's a large sample size because we're going the, he all time, player. and he's two. Yeah, he's the only five. player on my list that played less than six games. Six was my minimum because with yeah. six, you got a nice sample size. You played enough on Christmas. That's six seasons you played on Christmas. Like, if you take Michael, Michael Jordan's Michael freaking Jeffrey Jordan's first three games on Christmas and compare it to the three games of Tracy McGrady, you would say Tracy McGrady's way better than Michael Jordan, way better than the GOAT. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't feel like you guys are appreciating these three games. <laughs> he, was my, <laughs> he was my first pick for my second team, and it was a very tough choice. I originally <laughs> had him in my first until I realized, damn, he only played three out of the – and I couldn't do that. You have to reward that stuff. Yeah, that stuff yeah, has, that's, to, that's, has to matter. Yeah, because uh Yeah. He's he's definitely like the best in the second team for sure. He's like, if you wanna, he, like he's the sixth man for sure. If you don't want to have LeBron, I'm okay with that. But we are same thing with Dario said with Oscar Robertson. I'm not taking Scotty out of the team. It can't happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah that's that's undefeated. Yeah. Like, keep undefeated. He's absolutely ridiculous. And he's got stats better than Jordan. Which is uh, hilarious and impressive. Uh, so b- before I, forward I, seems to be contentious. Center, who are we going? Are we going Wilt or because I know some of some of us had Bill Russell. Yeah. Honorable mention for me was Wilt Walt Bellamy. He played. Okay. He played this nine guy games. today. Holy shit! That was 20. who I was. That was one of the dudes I was educating you on last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you listened, you fuck. <laughs> yeah. Next, you're going to start telling me how great Nate Thurman was. Yeah, great- ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I'm just saying, I, for centers, I feel like we it's it's less of an argument. Are we keeping Will or? I feel I thought everybody had Will as their first team center already. Oh, oh, oh perfect. All right, so we just we're just arguing about the forward. Yeah, yeah. It was between Will or Shaq. All right, fine, fine. So we're gonna Majority go. So we're wins. Gonna go. We'll knock down T Max Christmas perfection to seventeen. <laughs> you know. Scotty Pippen is Christmas perfection. All right, that dude is perfect. He's got stats everywhere. Okay, okay, I get yeah. it. He was seven and zero. Six of those games, he had this nice little role player helping him out named Michael Jordan. <laughs> it was a role <laughs> like, player on Christmas. 
It was a <laughs> fucking role player. A pretty you know? good role player. Surely hey. you don't think T-Mac's 3-0 and if he's got Michael Jordan role player? Hey, we need LeBron. You know what I'm saying? It happens throughout the year. Yo, all I'm saying is Oscar Robinson ain't have no no guy averaging 28, 7, and whatever. So Oscar Robinson's the greatest. We already kept him. We already kept him. We're on phone. I'm just saying. Yeah. Who are you yeah. arguing against, Dario? <laughs> no, I, just need, I just need this. I'm just arguing for my man's, man. All yeah. right. So we got – so our, our team is Oscar Robertson, Dwayne Wade, uh, LeBron, Pippen, Will, six-man, team-man. Mm-hmm. That existed. <laughs> but he would be the all-six-man for sure. Yeah, if LeBron's quad just, like, blew out again. Yeah, we're putting T Mac in immediately. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> immediately to play forward. Yeah. Okay, hey. yeah. All right. Or groin, sorry. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Cramps. If he if he starts cramping, we'll put T Mac yeah. in. And we know he does. <laughs> heat it up a little bit in prison. He just yeah, starts heat it up a little bit in the building. Turn off all the AC. I still got I, all that twenty fourteen hate in me. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I see this uh, younger Kobe fan <laughs> fanboy coming, coming out. <laughs> I feel like that's the one thing that this whole podcast has done for Dario. It's just like reignited the Kobe flame within him to talk. Oh, man. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I Literally feel bad. every episode of Kobe. I feel bad Kobe. for just torching Christmas Kobe. I love you, Kobe. Yeah, Not as bad as what you think of Curry. He's a hater. Like, I, what? I didn't, like, Curry, Curry? At least there's some gray area with Kobe. What kind of morons put in Curry in the first or second <laughs> team on Christmas? Like. No one. <laughs> no. Aisha, like, maybe. Aisha would. Aisha, for sure. 100%. For different reasons. <laughs> yeah. I have Dallin there, too. 100%. But, uh, for Apex Greatness, I'm Russell Broderick. That's Dario Albuquerque. Thank you very much, Johnny Arnett, as always, for being here. I can now fucking take all this shit off. What you doing? I made it. <laughs> no, you're not Santa. I made it. My ears hurt. I fucking made it. And we are saying deuces. Peace, guys. Damn.